You've reached Moody's Never Say Die Hard, a moonlighting podcast with Kevin and Chez. Each week we watch the next episode, available Friday, for you to download. For each break in the case, we have laughs for your face. For every twist and thrill, we have jokes that kill. Some fly by night, some fly by day. So let us now join Addison and Hayes. All major credit cards accepted. Hi, and welcome back to Mooney's Never Say Die Hard. We're doing episode three, Read the Mind, See the Movie. Hey, Kev. Hi, Chess. How are you? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> As you could tell by that somewhat faltering opening, I have been a little under the weather. There's a cold going around. I had it for the first two episodes that we recorded. I had the cold. And now I was very excited to do this podcast without a cold, which is going to be nice for me, but I feel bad that you have a cold now. No, oh, no, this is how we keep it balanced. Everyone's got to be sick for a little while. But because you rally for those two episodes, I'm doing this now, but we're giving you the heads up in case I cough or, you know, up something I eat as a child or sneeze throughout or just go silent for a while and then you hear little sirens in the background. But it should I be will, fine. I will. I will announce that I'm calling 911. I, I would promise. appreciate that yeah. because it would seem weird if you kept going and then at the end of the episode, <laughs> like Chez, Chez. But I also want you to know because it's been several, it's been a few days. I also showered and shaved and dressed well enough because not only do we have a podcast, we have an Instagram account where we share videos and a TikTok. And it's, a TikTok. Uh, the username is Moonies Never Say Die Hard, so it's pretty exactly. easy. So that's why I'm not only going to bring my A game, but I'm also bringing my B looks. So we're all going to work out well here. I, I do that too. Like when I'm done, when I'm like almost done with a cold, I will shave, take a nice shower because I'm trying to trick myself into being like presentable <laughs> and ready. I always shave. I don't like to shave ever, but during a cold, I will shave to try to make myself like this is over. This is, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing I do uh, late, late winter when I start dressing a little like t-shirts and shorts because I think I can force spring. I can make yeah. this happen. Yeah. And uh, it has worked, so clearly we are God. <laughs> I'm saying all of us. I'm not saying just Kevin and I. I'm saying together. Listen, reality is but a shared illusion, so we all think hard enough we can have dragons. We're all in this together. By the way, that's the kind of thought that happens when you still have a head cold. I, I mean, I would love for there to be dragons. Not here, though. Not here. Not here. Yeah, so we are back, and as we say at the beginning of every episode, just as a kindly little reminder, because, you know, we do these talks and you get a little feel of the people behind the scenes, so we can endear ourselves to you. So if you like the podcast, please please press like, please press subscribe, please hold us close to you. We need to be... Are we announcing our our fake intern? I already forgot his name. Oh, it's Toby. 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 Okay, yeah. Toby was not on the ball last week. We made a few mistakes that we don't need to enumerate here, but uh, he screwed up. He did no research. No, because we we need help. Like, we can't pull names, like, so easily. So he needs to be pulling those names for us. Exactly. Because we, we, just as a heads up, last week, instead of saying Bruce Willis, we said Bruce Springsteen a couple times. Now, granted, we had mentioned Bruce Springsteen before, just prior, but then we kind of ran with it. But you said... Keith Cameron and Toby should have been ready with a Kirk Cameron. Here's the thing. And what's funny about it, uh, my two of my dearest friends, a uh, couple Keith and Cameron. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. So I just conflated that all together. I did a portmanteau and it became a, well, not because it wasn't one word, but I, I, I'm going to tell you, I honestly like Keith Cameron much better. Do you know, when we had the interview with Toby and we said, you need to research our lives, he should have known that you had good friends, Keith and Cameron. 
and he should have given you a little note before we even started that said, it's Kirk Cameron, don't get confused with your good friends. I'm I'm an open book because I don't know when to shut up is really what it comes down. But yeah, he really should have done it. I don't know why we gave him the job, except he was the only imaginary person we could think of to show up at the interview. No one. No one. I, we, no set one. Up, we set up a nice place. We had like a real interview situation and we had chairs outside and he was the only imaginary person sitting out there. He probably looked to his left and looked to his right and saw no one else there and decided this job is mine. And it was true because he got the job. He got the job. He had to do nothing and he didn't earn it and he has it. But I'm happy to have him because somebody's got to do it. Anything that he does is more than nothing. Exactly. Because prior to this, all we could blame was past Kevin and Chess. Whenever we make a mistake, it's past Kevin and Chess's fault. Whenever we have something rather onerous or something large to do, it's future Kevin and Chess's problem. What we're saying is that Kevin and Chess present are infallible. Yeah, because we have Toby. You. Yeah, because Toby, right. Toby yeah. made the mistake. So anyway, we wanted to welcome Toby to the team. Hey, Toby. He's not saying anything. He's doing nothing. I'm imagining him yeah. doing nothing, which yeah. is maybe my fault as well as his. So I loved this episode more than either of the other two. This was wonderful. And this was a this was a nice swing up after last week's admittedly sluggish episode. I guess all it takes is lasers and psychics to really make an episode good. You add laser guns, you add psychics, and it's it's the thing I want to watch. All I want is Star Wars and Miss Cleo. That's all yeah. I want. If you combine those two, I'm in love. It is fantastic. And uh, yeah, also it was nice to have a show that didn't involve a hired assassin. That's true. There were no assassins. There were no assassins. I can only imagine next week's episode because we don't watch that. We don't binge watch. We watch them once a week like we did 40 something 40 years ago when again, Patience of Saints. Oh, those people in the 80s were all saints. <laughs> That's what everybody says. The people in the 80s. Says, and you know what? Say. Complete lie. Do we want to analyze David Addison in this episode now or let it come up when we get to David Addison forever into the episode? I can't believe how long it takes them to show the stars of the show. But it happens every time. Yeah, it does. But in a way that is a mystery setup. I mean, Columbo, you see that. Um, Was it five minutes before you saw Columbo? Because I didn't watch Columbo. Oh, Columbo could be like, yeah, because the entire thing, you saw the murder. You saw the crime. But Columbo's not going to be there. Because if Columbo was there, then this would be a much quicker episode. But yeah, you would see the crime. I mean, uh, Agatha Christie, you meet various people before like Poirot comes in. You have to introduce various people because, you know, uh, sometimes Poirot happens to be in the neighborhood, whereas Father Brown, he's always in the neighborhood. It is diocese, but it's it. You you meet a few people. So this is a standard mystery approach. Okay. And in a way, yes, this is a mystery. It's not the most complicated mystery, but it's still funny. So it does follow that approach. I say let's wait until we get to David Addison's appearance in the show. I, I do love the opening of this episode so much. Oh, it's wonderful. It is it's, actually, they, they do something that's fun and ridiculous in a way that I, I love it. It's a good, it's a good opening. Do you think that the music that they used, like the score stuff that they used was brought in after because they didn't want to pay for whatever score was there or they just always used? Like, I think that was always it because it was the military. We're going to yeah. get to, we're going to get to the explanation, but I believe that was the case, and I think it worked. And no, it wasn't like they got music like we got music for this podcast. I it think seemed that like was it seemed like it was like marching band practice at the beginning, and then they used it somewhere else too. They used just drums. Yeah, I mean, it was 
We'll get to it, but yeah, it was, yeah, it's a clear military thing, and I think it worked, and there's something that keeps happening at the beginning. But before we get to the beginning, we should oh, yeah. probably talk about the beginning. Oh, the credits, yeah. We have not mentioned the opening credits. And how would you define the opening credits in uh, two words? So long. They're so 50, long. 59 seconds. 59, 59 seconds, seconds. For three characters. Now, later on, when they add, uh, I'm trying to remember, I don't know what Booger. season it was again, without Curtis yeah. Armstrong, uh, that's going to be four characters, which I imagine is just going to add another 42 minutes to the opening credits. <laughs> I'm just saying, at a minute credit in 1985 time, which is now like three days in our time, because five seconds of an ad on YouTube is death. At that point, I just want to hear the entire cast of David Copperfield. I just want to know which character's playing Uriah Heep. It just goes on forever. But it kind of serves a purpose. Like I, I guess. I guess it does. It shows night because night. This show doesn't always take place at night. Right. Moonlighting, I guess, is the name is based on the fact that she's moonlighting because yeah, it's, it's her new job. Yeah. But they show an opening night scene of a news, you know, magazine kiosk, which is a nice little throwback. Mm -hmm. A whole bank of CRT TVs, you know, uh, which is a nice thing. Pizza and, of course, tire damage signs. I don't know. But then they split it. Yeah, we get we get Maddie's world and we get David's world. And there is a difference. And I understand Maddie's world is all parked BMWs, beef eater doorman, limos, and her in her fur. Fur, fur plays coat. a big role in this yeah. episode. She's always in a fur coat. She's we haven't mentioned it. I've had the note of a fur coat in the last two podcast episode notes, but we never mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a question. She's always in it. So, such as, uh, which we'll discuss later, upscale restaurants. Big, big thing, moonlighting, at least. Yeah. So. And then David's side. David's side was a movie theater that they were changing the sign of. Just a random dude in a dark alley. And then a Chinese food place, I think it was. Yeah. This is 80 yeah. CD? Yeah. You had to walk and you had dim sum? I'm really sorry your life turned out this way. I just wish that they could, like, they had a shot of, like, Maddie and David standing on opposite sides of the tracks. <laughs> that would be <laughs> that would be more on the nose. I'm able to reach one of them. Yeah. 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 Now that, <laughs> or just him slowly climbing out of a dumpster. <laughs> wow, she has the Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend musical number. Yeah, I mean, David, David looks like he's in a fight at one point in the opening credits, and she smiles. She's leading, she's living the good life. Even though, yeah. given the pilot episode, she lost everything, she clearly hasn't lost everything. No, she seems I mean, to be doing her right. Yeah, yeah she, she's clearly doing fine because. Unlike most people in this situation, she has not moved. I mean, maybe the location where they film her place moved. We just see the, uh, we always just see the entrance. Yeah. The gate. She lives in, she doesn't just live in a gated community. She lives in a gated house. She is her own gated community. Yeah. But yeah, so they set it up and then somewhere in the middle, they throw in Agnes. Yeah. You know, not in the middle. <laughs> we the don't see Agnes's life. We don't and, get Agnes's life. And she, uh, she's on the phone, and then they, I think they cut the other phones just to stress that she's always on the phone. And then we get into the episode. And the episode is interesting because the first thing we hear is just military drumming. Yeah. In fact, if we say that, you probably already know what it sounds like in your head. Yeah, it was like a marched drum. For like two minutes. So long. So long. Just like it the is, We are at a demonstration for a new weapon that's going to be presented to all the military branches, it looks like. Oh, even merchant marines. Were yeah, there. everyone's there. Yeah. And we get to see, for some reason, the setup for this demonstration, which is these two scientist guys in lab coat have to put fatigues onto a dummy so that the dummy could be demonstrated, the weapon could be demonstrated on the dummy. And, and they're they not good at it. No, it is like an episode for an infomercial that's like, don't you hate 
when you have to put clothes on life-size dummies. Wish there was a simpler way. <laughs> it's just they can't that get the clothes in black and white. <laughs> For the you know, are you are you sick of having to pour pasta out of a bowl? Yeah, yeah. It was thirty-five seconds. I I looked at the clock. Like oh, I went wow. back thirty-five seconds of them trying to put clothes on a dummy that they showed to us as viewers in our couch. <laughs> and I love seconds. that they did that. Yeah. I love that because of all the pomp and circumstances, military things, just two guys in lab coats, which, by the way, in the 80s and movies and TVs, yeah. if you were a scientist and you took off your lab coat, you immediately forfeited your PhD. You always <laughs> had to wear a lab yeah, coat. No. But what's amazing is, yes, they struck. it's like the one time I decided to try to put a dress on a cat to take her photo for a birthday thing. Yeah. I lead a different life, people. Okay. And I eventually had to drug the cat with a calming medicine, which they, which they didn't even try with the dummy. What's amazing is not only do they put pants in the dummy, they give the dummy boxers. Full dress. Full dress dummy. And at the end, what they eventually have is something that looks like Che Guevara or Fidel Castro. Yeah, because for some reason, they also had to put a beard on it. Beard. Where did the beard come from? What I'm, ama- I'm amazed they didn't show the part where they added the tattoo or yeah. the nipple piercing <laughs> or, you know, or, or maybe the scar from when they had the appendectomy because they went all in. Yeah, because was- the point is this weapon is going to destroy the dummy so that you could see that this weapon can take out the bad guys. Yeah. So I don't know why you need a beard or boxers or any of these things, but they needed them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing because... It's just you keep looking at them. It's like you could just, God damn it, Steve, help me with his pants. I yeah. mean, that's eventually what it was. And it's nice because it undercut the entire protocol of the whole deal. Do you think they like did multiple said, takes? Do you think there was multiple takes? Or are they like, we'll just film it and whatever happens happens? I think they just filmed it. Yeah. I think it's like that scene in Godfather where Coppola secretly filmed a uh, real mobster, nervous about saying his line in front of Marlon Brando so that he was practicing his line. And Coppola filmed it. Because it fit his character that he was nervous to see the Don. So I don't know. These guys might not even have known they were being filmed. And, they were like uh, two Tobies. Yeah, they were two just Tobies two Tobies. Said, yeah. Toby, I'm not even going to have Toby try to dress my cat. And then as they were going, we would cut back and forth to the laser rifle. Yeah. Which uh, at later point, David refers to as a cordless stick vacuum cleaner. And I was like, that's Nostradamus level prediction there. Well done, Dave. <laughs> Forget trying to come up with your fake TV shows like last episode. Go into this. You're going to be perfect. <laughs> so they set him up. Everyone is looking like through one of those above glass, slanted glass, like yeah. you're like operating room, looking down. Yep. The everything is metal. All the all the uh, computers look like they were lifted from uh, Buck Rogers in the 21st century. After that, you know, whatever. Yeah, you just have you just have flashing lights. You know. So Flashing lights and different patterns. Patterns and yeah. singular units that are on wheels and nothing could actually do anything. So all this is going on. And then at this point, an elderly man, not elderly, elder, but an older man in a wheelchair appears. To me, that looked like a Dr. Strangelove's shout out. Yeah, probably. And you know, he's wealthy, really nice Burberry men's cashmere scarf on his lap. Oh, yeah. This yeah, is that nice plaid. Yeah, that beautiful. It goes with any occasion. You know what? If you can invest in it, don't pay the money. Buy for five dollars at uh, a street corner in New York. So remember with the pashminas? Were you around for the pashmina scarf issue? I, I remember pashmina scarves. Yeah. When you could buy them for five dollars and suddenly at some point you're paying two hundred. Yeah. It was the I, same time you had to overpay for Furbies and Beanie Babies. Nineteen ninety nine was tulip mania in every possible way. But he's there to 
to, or to be a undercut. curmudgeon. He's there to be a curmudgeon. He's there to be a curmudgeon because it's a, his son and daughter, two, you know, adult son and adult daughter. I believe the son's name is Brian and the daughter's name is Vivian because we hear that name a lot more. Yeah. And but it's the son's show and he's there and he's bragging about how he has all the military for his laser rifle. I don't know what you remember from 1985, but lasers. No, no, not yet. Well, kind of. I mean, remember they were trying the whole Star Wars thing? They were going to have lasers yeah. in the sky. Remember what was that really bad NXS song, Guns in the Sky or whatever? Not one of their best cuts from their biggest album, Kick, I think. So the sun is all in. The sun looks like looks like rich kid of a rich man. Yeah. Kind of a yeah I, I, in my notes, I have him down as Tony Stark. Yeah. Tony, you know what? Kind of Tony Stark, but actually the one that Sam Rockwell played in Iron Man 2. More him. Okay, yeah, uh, more Roman, him. Yeah. Not the Hammer. Shaman, and we Justin don't get to see him dance. Just that, yeah, but we don't yeah. get to see him dance. Sam Rockwell can really dance. Uh, um, so good. Very good. That's why he dances and everything. He should dance in our podcast. You, you, we, we, again, we've got a TikTok and Instagram. Maybe you'll see it. Sam, give us a call. Toby. Numbers everywhere. Toby. Call Sam. <laughs> this is like Alexa. We're hoping it just yeah, kinda... it'll, it'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I don't even think he's in his, is he in your, do we, if, since we do this from each our own homes, where does Toby exist? Do we assume? Oh, he's like Jarvis. <laughs> I think he's just kind of. So, so yeah. Toby isn't corporeal. He's he's kind of a program that kind of. Uh, eventually, he becomes Ultron. Is what we're saying. Yeah. This is only going to end well, people. Is what we're saying. Fine. It's fine. It's good. It's good. It's fine. Um, but the dad is not impressed because the dad is there to undercut. Yeah. You know, he's 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 a father figure. And then he basically says how Pope Gregory said 14th century that the crowbar the crossbow was. Yeah. So feared it would end war, and that's why the Hundred Years' War was the last war we ever had. But the son clearly wants to lead the company. Yeah. Dad is clearly not impressed, and the daughter is in a twill blazer because, you know, corporate 80s. She, I mean, the the son it, later, this doesn't matter, but later he says he wants to, he's been dragging their company with all he has, his, their vacuum tube company with yeah. all he has into the future. Like, that's the point of this laser right. gun, is it's, right. he wants to take his vacuum tube company and make it the future is laser gun. For yeah, them. I'm not sure they actually made vacuum tubes. I think he was more just calling it, like, old-fashioned. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, Because I was like, that's a, big, that's a big leap. Because they are a technology company. Their logo has two little space invader aliens yeah. around the SRT. Which is which is actually to bring this up. What do you think SRT stands for? I'm going to assume S is strategic and T is technology, but the R what? Really good. Really good. I mean, that's <laughs> better because like ramrod, I don't know, you know, uh, ramification. It's, uh, yeah, I, I was... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Rattan. Rattan was very big in the 80s. Oh, that, yeah. was half the, that was half the set dressing of Golden Girl. Remember Pier 1? Remember Pier <laughs> 1? Everything was Rattan? I mean, if that laser gun was made out of Rattan, oh. it, it, it would have been beautiful. It would have been even, beautiful. But even less effective. Because someone dies. Yes. Someone has to die or at least get burned beyond recognition with this experiment. Yeah, so they do the test. Oh, before they do the test, the they guy... Set up, they set up Castro test dummy on the yeah, back. They, they set know. up the test dummy. I thought that Justin Hammer guy was going to do the demonstration like Hank Scorpio style. Yeah. <laughs> he gives a little speech where it he says, where he compares himself to Winchester cult or even Alfred Nobel. Yeah. All, all, all the, great, it, all the great destroyers. And it, it tanked. And there wasn't a reaction in the room. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was uh it was just dead silence. 
dead silence. I mean, at this point, you could, oh, if they wanted to up the thing, you almost, you could see the editor going, do we add crickets? Do we add crickets? No, no, no. <laughs> We're not there yet. We're building to that kind of show. Give it a moment. So everybody puts their goggles on. Because you have to. Yeah, because it's lasers. It's lasers, you know, so you wear your goggles. And the demonstration, the laser gun user, he has special goggles. Well, because like, he's... Yeah, because I guess he's the so, closest one to them. But I mean, it just looked like they took pink goggles and put two camera lenses in them. They look pretty yeah. futuristic. But it's weird. Everyone's goggles look like something you'd wear when you want to fall asleep on the plane. Yeah. So they do the demonstration, and it and immediately wow. doesn't go well. Just sparklers coming That's out of the chest. Like 80 sparklers attached yeah. to the chest. I'm going to yeah. tell you, I had a sparkler shoved into my kneecap once. Oh. It's not the... Uh-huh. And one sparkler hurts. Yeah, I can this only is imagine lot. what 80 would do even to a yeah. professional stuntman, not to an eight-year-old whiny kid. What I'm saying is suburbia as hell. But yeah, so, just all this. So they have to put him out because he's like on fire. Uh, no one yells ambul- ambulance. No one yells, dear God, what have we done? And a man has... As I, prom- his- as I promised to do at the beginning of this podcast, if yeah. you got too sick. Someone's getting alerted. No one gets alerted to anything. This man's chest is probably just oozing out because we only see his back. and the- He is not moving. This man, I'm going to assume, is dead. And if not dead, charbroiled. Yeah. I mean, they put him into like a Max Headroom-like plastic dummy. Like, that's what was on the floor. Oh, yeah. The guy died, but whatever we looked at on the floor was made out of plastic oh yeah no 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 which means this guy also melted like they couldn't they couldn't like put just a regular person on the ground at that point like they didn't show any like they didn't show the whole process like they cut they cut to a guy on the ground that they were tending to and they still needed a dummy on the ground i guess because they use the fire extinguishers and they didn't want to yeah maybe i'm assuming that's not the best thing to have to breathe in so i'm going to assume that's the case but i actually i actually laughed at this point because the sun is looking so disappointed in how the thing went and then wheelchair dad rolls up (laughs) and says very impressive show son and then i actually thought i actually thought they were all crouched around the guy on the ground and i thought that the wheelchair guy (laughs) rolled over him (laughs) (laughs) but then i on the second watch because i watch it twice right to really be prepared for the oh, show. We, got, we, we both watched this twice, people. We weren't uh, all in. I realized that they were further away. But I, I really thought that he rolled, like, right through the crime <laughs> scene. Like, just right through. <laughs> that would have been something, because that moment when he goes back with the little switch, boom, boom, and then you see, and someone's got, we're not making fun of wheelchairs, but we're just saying no. stuck on the body. That's hilarious. <laughs> What's amazing is that no one really rushes to this guy Someone is now dead, mannequin or not. He's burned. His chest is gone. Dad makes a quip. Dad rolls out of there. Yeah. When uh, you're that money, the sight and smell of flesh burning means nothing to you. Nah, he was good. He was good. He had, he had places to be. He, he had, you know, he had places where failure wasn't happening. Yeah. He had to go to back to <laughs> successful life and not the, and not the hellhole his son just dragged him into, the embarrassment. One floor and, up where they're cranking out the good vacuum tubes. <laughs> <laughs> so many pneumatic tubes are being made it's wonderful <laughs> i worked at a place where uh summer after college this would be 1985 people so i'm not that freaking old even i knew this was old at that point i am old but not that old they use pneumatic tubes still i was shocked i loved it because i got to use a pneumatic tube i actually put a slip of paper i put it in it got oh. sucked up and i said this is ridiculous and i'm glad to be here yeah that that would be fun it and looks all fun in the movie. Was, in the movie Elf, it looks very fun. They're great. Yeah. Remember Hudsucker yeah. Proxy? They're, they're oh, yeah. a 
They look, I would love to have a pneumatic tube here. The only thing I can imagine doing is setting up an old habit trail around there and then putting like a Dyson on one end. <laughs> that would be it. But then the cat would get there. And just like the show, we have now taken this long to get to Sybil Shepherd. Right. But we are in tune with the show, people. We are basically oh, yeah. almost giving you lockstep with the programming of the show. We get our poem from Ag- Agnes. One of yes, like I two times yeah. she appears. Yeah. She's really not in this one a lot because I, admittedly, this is a fast moving episode. Notice how quickly we got into the episode. It's that fast. We were inspired. I do like that. Agnes is almost like like a rap battler because she has a prepared poem that she right. reads. But then she reacts to something that the person on the phone does because they don't want to be hearing a long poem. And she she rhymed it off of that. Something like. And I don't appreciate your yelling, which rhymed with like telling that she had prepared. Jeez. So Perfect. she on the fly keeps the poem going. Now, this is this, this is winning at the end of eight mile. You know, eventually what yeah. she's going to do is she's going to denigrate herself first. So the other person, the phone call doesn't have anything to work with and then go straight in. But it does seem like most of their calls either seem to be wrong numbers or just annoyed people. No one seems to be calling the agency. But the phone yep. is no, the phone is ringing. The phone is ringing. Maybe. It's all misstyled, but it is ringing. <laughs> Meanwhile, we've got the cast of the entire crew, the entire office, where there were so many people that we never see do. But one of them got coffee and another one broke out a book. Yeah, no, they were doing stuff in the background and not just playing cards this time. I mean, they were doing things. You just don't. It's it's almost like those epics from the 60s when like Cecil B. DeMille would have like 10,000 extras. Yeah. And then, but it would be like this if you had 10,000 extras dressed as centurions and then just said, I don't know, type something. <laughs> And then we go to foot shot. We do more than a foot shot. Oh, we well, yeah. But we start we start doing, at the feet and then we, we slowly the go up. We those do another gams. Tarantino. We got to get up those gams, Chez. I mean, that's it. It's just, it's because, you know, she's a go-getting powerful woman. You know, she's doing the job. And the, in order to show that, we the camera almost got snagged inside her skirt. <laughs> I mean, it was just. <laughs> and she's on the phone. She's doing deals. She's making business. She's getting clients. She is on top of this. I like that. She's trying to, they have a new client, which we find out is this the SRT. SRT that we mentioned. Yeah. yeah SRT industry. Where they did the laser gun. Home of the famous faulty laser weapons. They have that. They have them as a client and she's trying to then get more clients of the same variety as these technology people by calling people and saying, hey, we're working for SRT now. Would you like our business? But she gets a call in the middle of that, puts the people that she's trying to get on hold forever. Forever. (laughs) She never goes back to them. But here's the thing that we keep learning is that people know who she is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She she goes, yes, that Maddie Hayes. That Maddie Hayes. And we get variations of that through the series and through this episode. People, she is known. Now, clearly she did well. Clearly she was a big model. She was a big model at the early stages of Supermodel. Before the Cindy Crawford aspect, yeah, her character. But, you know, there had been other models before that you knew a couple names of. You know, it wasn't Cindy Crawford is what really launched the 89 and everything when everyone showed up in the uh, in the George Michael video. Oh, video. George Michael, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Freedom, right? Yeah. The second Freedom, because remember, Wham! had its own Freedom. The, freedom the 90. Shot in, uh, freedom China. 90? Freedom, freedom 90. Because Freedom was the Wham! video when they were the first American pop group to ever perform in China. Wow. And I will tell you this, I like both songs. Do I know what Andrew Wrigley did in Wham to this day? Not a clue. I think he had the guitar. 
Don't know what he did. But he the Toby of Wham. <laughs> Toby of Wham. But, you know, maybe that's what Toby looks like. Toby looks like a young Andrew Wrigley. We'll go okay. with that. Like he even that. has a British accent. We don't know if Andrew Wrigley had a British accent because I don't know if he said, did he even sing Wake Me Up Before We Go? I don't know what he did. But sometimes we don't know what David's doing, which is our segue here. Okay, yeah. So Maddie gets called to go down to SRT. Because there's an issue, which we know issue. the issue is over. Yeah, we saw the issue. But there's even a, more of an issue than the issue because there are issues. When we finally meet David, this is again, Maddie is doing everything she can to get business. That's and me Dave, snapping fingers, showing on 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 the ball, going, moving. And David is reaping the benefits of her hard work and phone calls, but not like he's still not doing anything he's supposed to. We still don't know. Now, granted, he will prove himself later, but we still don't know how he became a detective or why he's a detective. No, because he he's is not. just. We we find Our him. man, yes, but detective. He's, I guess, what is current deal is is he's interviewing the people of rst not even about srt srt sorry srt not even about the the incident that happened right it's just more general are you a good employee we find out later they're trying to find leaks yeah just leaks but not it has nothing to do with the laser gun no so he may not even be aware of the laser that's what i mean so he's just they're just finding leaks in the company because some of the schematics or patents are getting to a rival Holt, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Holt 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 Aerospace. So we we find David interviewing some guy who just has to play cards with him while attached to a lie detector. He's playing poker. They're playing poker. Lie detector hooked up to the guy that he's interviewing supposedly to see if he's a leak. And on top of wasting this guy's time. He's taking his money. He's taking his money because the guy can't bluff in poker if he's hooked up to a lie detector. And the and guy just lets him take the money. <laughs> like, see, I just don't understand the scene. That's the thing. I mean, the lie detector thing, I'm going to be honest, cute joke. I'm not going to yeah. say it. Yeah. But at what point do you go, no? Yeah, like, look, can we just ask me questions? I have tubes to make or laser guns to fix anything. I, I just, I don't, like, I know that David is comic relief. I know he is, but it's weird comic relief considering what he's supposed to be. Like, you could still be funny within the confines of I'm a decent detective. Yeah. And this seems to be like he's getting paid to do a job and he's psyched that he's getting paid to do a job, but that he's not going to do the job well. It's one of several times in the episode, but we're going to realize one of several, several times in the series when it Begs the question, frankly, I think we've all asked ourselves one time or another in our lives. When is it perfectly legal to kill a coworker? <laughs> and here's the other thing is that Maddie, get, Maddie gets close in this episode. Oh, and she has every right to. Every but the right, question yeah. the question also comes down to, and I think this is something we need to because we do talk about David a lot. You know, we do we do talk about David, but we should actually talk about Sybil Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd actually does not have the easiest job in this series because her entire show a lot of times is being exasperated and reacting. And I just you know, and that's not the easiest thing to do. And she always has to react to him being a complete, you know, immature. Yeah. And we find out that she got this job because she was friends with the sister Vivian. And so Vivian got them the security position. So they get called up to Justin Hammer and the sister's office. 
So Brian so, and Vivian. So we Brian get and Vivian. Right. Sorry, yeah, but it so, is essentially just yeah. an So yeah. Brian and Vivian's office because there was another leak and a guy died, I guess, from the laser gun. Even though we're, we're going just, to assume he's. We're dead. just more he's mad about the laser gun than yeah. the guy. And since there was another leak and they're in charge of security, they're fired. So Maddie yeah, and David get fired. There were two leaks. Holt yeah. Industries managed to get patents off of two things that they were working on. And the sister tries to keep them on. But the other guy is like, no, I've had enough. And you can't blame him. No. I mean, it was a terrible demonstration. And they also lost business. Yeah. And that's not good. So Maddie is quietly fuming. And David makes a series of jokes about how about the ca- good the cafeteria was and various yeah. other things. And then he leaves her in the dark and then he goes, are you OK? And then yeah, like she, rightfully, she, she's mad. Like she yeah. got this job. And I, I, I don't even think it's David's fault. Well, it's not David's fault what happened with this thing. He's just not going about it. He's not doing his job the right way. But this would have happened even if he wasn't playing cards exactly. with. But she's furious and he's he has the he even says easy come easy go about like the business. But he didn't get the business. She did. Like there's no she put in the work. Based on her name, he's not adding any value to this. Yeah. Because he doesn't have a record. He doesn't have proof of, uh, you know, of that he's able to do this. Everything is being put on her name. So she's completely. Yeah. she, She kicks him in the shin. Yeah. And then he he does the 80s thing of woman running away, grab the arm. And yeah. this time she snatches it away. Yeah. So like like in the last episode, she was charmed by him and found him amusing. But today he crossed the line and she was not amused by him at all. Like she was the, done. This episode is a collection of line crossed by guys. Yeah. To the point that she just, I think at the, she, she even just says, I, I don't like men anymore. Yeah, and even, goes, even the, uh, even the poker guy who I felt bad for stares at her, stares at her butt so yeah. long that I didn't know how they didn't do like the rolling out tongue that hits the ground. Yeah. And, and the coins up. come out, yeah. the little fireworks yeah. and the eyeballs roll. And I mean, he just, years ago, I'm, I'm walking York City Street and there's a woman walking in front of me and there's this old guy walking just lockstep with her they're clearly not to each other she actually stops because she has to fix something you know look through a purse he stops looks at her and then he keeps walking along with her until she says what the you know the crusaders yeah. what the hell are you doing you freaking old man what the hell's your problem and he chuckles because i'm going to assume one he's an elderly italian man from italy but two dear god to him this is this is what you do so in this episode, this guy's like, this is what you do. And frankly, the episode was kind of like, this is what you do. Because David, every so often, will say something. She's been watching too much TV or she's this. It will be this like, oh, you know, women. Yeah. And you like David, but every so often you don't. Well, I I did like David in this episode. I lo- I do like him, but. No, no. In this episode, because he's he should know when he could get away with stuff. He hasn't figured this out yet. Yeah. He has not. And I think that's what you said early on. You wanted the, the, the question of David. Is this yeah. are we approaching what the question of David is? Yeah, I think we're there and we're kind of hitting it. Yeah. It's like he had he had this nice job that she got him and he spends it taking money from the employees instead of like really finding out who the leak is. And then not to skip too far ahead, but only when Maddie is her most mad. Does he decide, all right, I guess I'll detect him. You know, like. <laughs> Which is what a kid does. Yeah. You try to get away. You try to, until you're in trouble. 
And when you're in trouble, you go, fine, I'll yeah. do it. Yeah, that's what they do. So now they're fired, and Maddie's not happy about it because they she storm out of the building. She's not happy about it. Okay. And she says to him, because we, they know that the leak goes to this Preston Holt guy. Right. She says, well, maybe we should ask Preston Holt where he's finding out this information from, which is both. I understand David's idea of, yeah, that's kind of stupid, but also like, well, they got nothing to lose. Yeah, it's it's essentially that works because it's both. Yeah. He's right. That's kind of insane. And usually in reality would not work. And she's right, because what are we going to do? You've done nothing. Yeah. I clearly have to go to another upscale restaurant as as is, as is her want in Three out of three episodes. This so, was the best date of the three episodes. Oh, no, no. This, un, until it goes hilariously, spectacularly wrong in a way I would not have expected. I did I not loved. expect it either. Yeah. I loved how it went wrong because it was not 80s. Yeah. It was it was actually wonderful. Oh, before they before they leave, Maddie does put her seatbelt on in the car. I don't know if I'm on like seatbelt watch officially for the whole series. No, no, I want you to be on this, but this but, is, yeah. But this was the first time they put seatbelts on in the car. It does not it does not carry over because the other two times we see them driving in the car, they do not have seatbelts on. Although admittedly one time they gotta get the hell out of there. Yeah, that's true. And but, they're wet. You know, but Preston Holt, Preston, which I imagine may be a throwback to Preston Sturges and the comedies there, because they do try to do their thin man. Yeah. You know, uh, Sullivan's Travels kind of quick, you know, Rosalind Russell kind of Cary Grant kind of quick dialogue kind of deal. Preston Holt, they mention, and this is always done in a big underline, you know, that millionaire, which is if how you define that. But if you were to define like an industrial tycoon character today as a millionaire, you'd essentially be going, wow, he must own like 10 brushless car washes. <laughs> yeah, I bet he owns a minor league hockey team. <laughs> but millionaire still meant millionaire. Still meant, still, still brought in the goods. I think, you know, 10 years or what, 2040, we've agreed is the last year on earth, right? We already said this. Yeah, 2040. We'll is, this, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. by 2040, when, if we can pay attention to anything at that point, billionaire would probably be, would probably be a worthless term. Yeah. You know what might actually be, tr- turn out to be a real world by that? Real numerical number? Zillionaire. It's not actually, but it may be by that point because it's going to have to be. It'll be a perfectly cromulent word at that point. So so they go on this date. Preston is a real like I was charmed by him. I thought he was nice. Like I, I expected him to be like that millionaire 80s guy who, you know, if he's that important, he's going to be like kind of stuffy. And he breaks her down with a nice joke right away. He does. Prior to that, I do want to say, because okay, this is 80s and we yeah. like to do costuming and stuff. So David at SRT when he got, is wearing a double-breasted suit, very okay. 80s power suit. But double-breasted suit meant you actually were taking something seriously. Oh, okay. Because this is, this is a job. Now, double-breasted suit was also because it narrowed the waist and because it had the wide lapels, it elongated the chest, so it made you taller. So that might have also been a design choice because when you see David and Maddie are the same height, essentially. I don't know how tall Bruce Willis is, but it's a lengthening of the torso. It's a thing. But it also shows that he's there supposedly to do a real job. It also looks like he could be holding a Tommy gun and shooting up 1920 (laughs) Chicago. But it was the dress at the time. But when we get to the restaurant, which is say that. So the restaurant is it's always this upscale restaurant. And they know her. They love her. Clearly, even though she lost everything, she didn't lose everything. She has to make because she's taken Preston up. Yeah, because she's a. She seems to be a good-hearted person. Yeah, that 
I'm sure she treated people well when she was on the fancy scene. And so and they do remember her. Yeah. She is probably someone who tipped well. She might have been in one of those rare people because everyone always writes a note when they're upset. She might have done like my mom does. She writes a note when she's happy and that always gets a good reaction. So maybe that. But they're in a restaurant that I guess this week is not called the Carlisle like it was last week. Yeah. Maybe it was the Lucerne or the Pierre. Maybe that fancy McDonald's that they talked about in Emily in Paris because I've seen all three seasons. Don't judge me. <laughs> yeah, he's he is perfectly fine. I mean, yeah, he's, he's very likable. Yeah, I mean, he's charming in the way that, you know, when she got there, he wasn't rifling through the breadbasket for the good pieces. And he's handsome in a way that sometimes eggshell works for a foyer. You know, that's good <laughs> enough. It's fine. Yeah. It's, and, he's, you know. and, and when she's telling her story about, like, giving up modeling and, and or, like, seeing her picture for the first time on a cover and, like, the whole story, he he makes the appropriate listening faces when they he's, cut to him. He's actually listening. If he, yeah. if she would tell that to David, he'd be going to do bees, bees, do ocelots, ocelots, or whatever God knows yeah. what to do. He would never shut up. I can only imagine what 80s meal they had because we don't see the meal. It starts and then it elapses. I'm going to assume it was either something blackened or stroganoff or whatever, <laughs> with the Waldorf salad or God knows anything. But what I do like I do have the note right here. Preston Holt seems charming because he actually shuts the hell up and listens. Yeah. And that's startling now, but also in terms of David. And I've, I've every so often have been inadvertently in an upscale restaurant. And I have never seen anything. People order champagne. But it's, it's a signifier. That champagne yeah. shows upscale. Just like Preston Holt holds a cigar. These he, are the signs. He of, had a cigar? He, when she's having the champagne, he's holding a cigar. Really? He does not light the cigar. He could have. No, because it was also, 80. David has the cigar during poker and it's not lit. It's just like it's a prop. Really. It's just a prop thing. Yeah, I mean, a cigarette will appear later in a scene that basically should have meant the end of David's face. But yeah, I mean, it's upscale in that 80s way. She's got a champagne. She's got a champagne flute. He's got a cigar. I don't know what happens. Then they drive like a Lincoln Mark 7 through the kitchen. Whatever is the 80s upscale luxury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have been. So. <laughs> It's actually, a, like you said, it's a pleasant evening. Yeah, it was a really nice evening. And then he, he walks her, he starts walking her to the door. As he's walking, he nicely asks her if he could uh, come inside. And He doesn't say, could he come inside? He asks, can he stay over? Yeah, can he stay over? He flat yeah. out says, can he stay over? And she says, basically, no. And then he says, this, this millionaire who's very successful... For the sake of his chauffeur, to not lose face with his chauffeur, could he just come inside for a little bit and then sneak out the back like he did stay? That was so <laughs> wonderful. Bizarre. It was such an undercutting of the corporate yeah. man. Yeah. And in time when the corporate man was God. It's like, it's like the chauffeur. I can't show my face to the chauffeur if I don't go inside with you. So could I... Here's 30 bucks. Can I please come in your because house? Because it builds. He says, first of all, okay, we don't even have to we don't even have to sleep together. Then could he at least invite him in so he could sneak out the back and you know, yeah. so then, and then he offers to pay her to pretend like he slept with her. And I, I really thought there was like half a chance he was just gonna say, What if I squeeze just one right in the eye line of my show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so he can <laughs> see it. Or or he was going to it was going to be like in 16 candles and he was going to ask her for like a pair of her underwear so he can prove to the board on Monday. That <laughs> yeah, he got yeah. woman. I mean, it, it was like watching an adult millhouse try to have game. I mean, <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. 
And it's something you usually would not have seen at that point. Right. But the night is ruined. <laughs> I guess who? David. Hey. I'm excited for by episode 69 of our podcast for this to be like moonlighting without David Addison. What would it have been like? Like the Garfield comics, like like just without John oh, yeah, without Garfield, without yeah. Garfield. Is it just a nice, pleasant thing? Because probably do things get done? Yeah, things get done. It, so David, David opens the door. He had broken into Maddie's house just in case the night went wrong, which is charming. No, sure. <laughs> I broke into your house in case your date went wrong is the sort of thing that seals your case and that seals your decision no. in a case. It's adorable. To say Jeff. that, you're not winning. It's adorable. Oh, yes. It's, <laughs> a little it's scamp. A little no, scamp. It, 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 it means you're going to jail. Only if he went through her underwear drawer would that be true. Oh, wait. He does. He, he, he does says go he through it. He went through her underwear drawer. He's he's supposedly wearing a kitchen apron that, let's be honest, she does not own. No, I think there's no way. Book. He puts yeah. on this ridiculous like southern accent just to for Down what it, for his own fun. He yeah, calls himself Papa Bear, calls yeah. himself Mama Bear, and does enough that the that Preston Holt real Preston Holt, who clearly has shown he has zero game beyond any human recognition and doesn't know what to say at any point when it comes to being alone with a woman, at least can read the signs here and go, This is no. Yeah, this is this is more than I need. I will just go face that chauffeur. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's is, it's better to just lose lose my I went back to the chauffeur and basically well you weren't at the restaurant but I pawed her there so don't worry yeah. I'm still a good yeah. guy I'm still I'm still all man I did something horrible at the yeah, restaurant I'll, oh good I'll I'll draw her boobs so you know I'm telling the truth yeah <laughs> you don't understand the <laughs> level of footsie I played underneath that cloth the covered table it was it was it was alpha all the way so David David's inside her house went through her underwear drawer she just ignores it all She's just mad at him in general. Which, so again, any, how much of a role does she have to play? Civil Shepherd is always like, I got to kill him, but I got to work with <laughs> yeah. him. Which I imagine eventually became real life. Yeah, that could be true. Yeah. So we find out that there's a psychic named Omar Gauss. Because Maddie did get information from President yeah, Hill. As she said she would. Yeah. <laughs> she, sometimes the simplest solution is the best one. So he, the psychic named Omar Gauss... Right. Who, the world's leading psychic. Yeah. She is surprised that David doesn't know who the psychic is. And she said what he basically said is that he gets the information there. This is it. Must be the psychic. I'm sure Preston gave her the information after pleading if he could take a photo where at least only he has to be naked. <laughs> I like I like that Preston gets more and more desperate. He seemed pretty put together. He seems now, smooth. Yeah. But well, no, I guess not. He at <laughs> I'll, I'll I mean, tell you, the, was, I'll tell you was, the psychic's name if you just let me put my hand here. Okay, let me let me a photo together. What yeah. what if I selfie? take a dustbuster? <laughs> yeah. What if I take a dustbuster, give myself my own hickey, and say you did it? How about that? Are we good? We're good. Please, dear God, my, my chauffeur needs to know. <laughs> uh, Mater D, your finest dustbuster, please. <laughs> We can stroke it off it if you want. So she wants to say, tell Brian and Vivian, those are the CRT people, yeah. that this is how Preston is getting his information. David, again, understandably goes, that seems horrible. That does yeah. not seem like a good idea. 
And he's right. Yeah, because, I mean, to be fair to Maddie or to David, it's like if you go and say, uh, he's not stealing anything. A psychic is seeing the visions and telling them. It's uh, not really a cut and dry it's, It would be like a moment of our podcast when I say, okay, my cat suggested. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> go on. <laughs> well, I like how you're all in there for a moment. You know, it's like, I don't know. They wrote books. You know, but, you know, my cat suggested that. Um, yeah. But it's, it is that equivalent. And it goes as well as reality would have it go, which means... Yeah. No. Maddie's still frustrated. David Vivian apologizes for oh, right, right. his reaction. The sister, yeah. And essentially says, you know, let the case go. This is important to know. Yep. Let the case go. But she's determined. She yep. wants to go off. She wants to do it. And then we get a charming moment. Yeah. So so David after he realizes that Maddie's gonna go to the psychic and take care of this herself and he's being left out. He says to her, I'll, I'll, let me go to the psychic with you, basically. And she says, you believe me? And he says, no, I believe in you. Which and is a, like a very nice thing that he then ruins. But here's the part that I actually like that this exchange happened. Okay. Because she's, no, and you're absolutely right. But she says that was a terrific, I even wrote this out. That was a terrific yeah. thing to say, what does it mean? And he says, I have no idea. Yeah. And what I like, this to me, and it may not have been the case, this to me was like one of the early examples of them chipping away at the fourth wall. Because at that point, they're calling into question the script itself. Okay, yeah. Like how sometimes characters will say something that serves the scene but actually fails the character because it doesn't mean anything, but it still seems like it was a nice thing to say. But I like the script going because in, in another show, he would say that she would be charmed, they would leave it alone. In this show, it's like, we're going to call out, we just gave you a bullshit line. Okay, it I doesn't like that. mean anything, like but it sounds yeah. sweet. And so whether or not it's them looking at the bigger picture, I do think someone there thought, oh, we'll have this line, but we got to be smarter than this. Okay. So I like that that happened because I think it was the screenwriters calling bullshit on what on what would be in any other show a line that would just go everyone would go ah oh, it would be written on wood with two different oh, one, yeah. one, one, one italics and put on a kitchen and we live laugh and learn in this house you know but <laughs> so I did like that okay I I I like that now more so they go to the psychic all heavy hey. mahogany crystal balls oh, and a lot desks yeah. David David. David is a level of skeptical of a psychic that wouldn't register on any skepticism scale of any kind. It would be off the charts. He is the worst person at this place. Like, just try a little. The same way you tried the no, but I believe in you line and put it on for a little bit, wore it around. Like, just try a little. I mean, he might as well come in pointing his finger and just screaming liar. Yeah, like they're trying to get information out of this guy. You should not be just plain rude. <laughs> like he's like yeah. another, like a toddler who was promised ice cream if they could just get through the psychic time. <laughs> just get through Try the psychic, the David. Like 10 freaking minutes. And we're going to DQ. Yeah. 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 Mommy has to go inside and talk to the psychic real fast. And then I promise you could get sprinkles, David. You know what? That was probably a line that has actually been said numerous times in real life. <laughs> he rifles through a desk that 
is unlocked. And I guess is in the foyer, the intro part. It, it's someone's house that's also their thing, and I don't know what. But he yeah. finds a planner. He steals the planner, and he puts it in his pants. And I got to tell you, I don't know how well his pants are, because that did not show. Frankly, no. he should have been walking around with a rectangular ass for the rest of that episode, <laughs> yeah. and that didn't happen. Because it was a full-size planner, probably like a four-by-six type thing. Like oh, yeah, it was that leather, that leather feel yeah. that very much, you know, before they even were doing the file effects kind of smaller things like in the it was a full on old school planner that you'd get when you opened up the nice account at the bank. Yeah. And he puts it he puts it like between his back pants and his back, like his shirt and yeah. the pants. He sticks it in there and it doesn't show. You're it doesn't right. show like the at jacket, all. The jacket falls flat. And, you know, it's no. <laughs> I mean, either that or magnificent tailoring, but no. We get there. David does a Twilight Zone episode. We found out that he was in a Twilight Zone episode in 1985. Yeah. Day. This is when the Twilight Zone was back on CBS, and I can't tell you a thing about that series. Okay. I don't remember watching the remake. So I've got nothing for you as far as my high school memory can be concerned. Apparently, over the years, people have looked at back on it with uh, renewed respect. I don't know how long it lasted. So we meet the psychic. I said he looked like like they couldn't get David Ogden Stiers from MASH. And then we decided he kind of was a little reminiscent of John Carroll Lynch. For a more and modern modern reference. No, no, no. We're, we're hitting yeah, yeah. all the years. Yeah. We, we got a MASH reference last year with McLean Stevenson. That's true. But it's going to be all MASH. You know what? Screw this. We're doing we, a MASH podcast. We That's mentioned it. MASH in the pilot. Yeah. Because when, we talked, about, we, when need- we talked about dramedies, we said that MASH was the first one. So, yeah. So this was your this podcast. was your this yeah. is your weekly mash reference. Yeah. Your, your weekly mash note. Huh? So look for our podcast after after mash. <laughs> so but this guy has been in a lot of I recognize his face. I could not give you his name. I could I have IMD open right now. I still can't give you his name. I actually feel bad saying that. Let's give him a name. Yeah, let's give him a name. I got it. John Harkins. All right, people, all you John Harkins stands out there. We have mentioned John Harkins. And, you know, and he's yeah. very good in this role, works out perfectly. And he does meet with them. And he says he has visions and things he doesn't understand. And sometimes he, in order to get it out of his system, he gives it to people. So, sure. yeah, great. He was also <laughs> just, oh, God, he was mean to Maddie for reasons that we don't really don't understand. Because he says he gave the information a halt, Preston Holt, and it proved worthless. But Maddie said that he heard from Holt to do this, and he said, did you... Were you prone? Were you prone when you got this information? Which, okay, two things. Okay, three things. The first one being, <laughs> dear God. Yeah, so nice. The second thing should have let should have just immediately led to Maddie's fist shattering whatever good dental work he had. And three is ridiculous because... We've seen Preston Holt in action, and yeah. we saw half his checks in the memo line read for saying I'm good at it. Yeah, I mean, if this guy's a real psychic, <laughs> it doesn't take a lot of a lot of that third eye to determine that Preston Holt is not doing that. Yeah, Pre- Pre- Preston Holt is Preston Holt has game that I had for my first <laughs> fifty six years. I'm fifty six years old. Yeah, if if he were a psychic, he would know. At this point, when they told Brian of SRT about the psychic, we cut to him later and he says, I can't believe he said that about me. 
you said about my mom, something to do with her mom. So Preston said something horrible that might have been a joke about, let's just say, bitch. Yeah, We're going to assume yeah. at, at baseline bitch. Sure. Then Preston Holt may have lied to her, but also was basically trying to buy a cop, yeah. cop of field, just anything. Yeah. And then this guy just flat out shamed her, which at some point she says, I don't like any men anymore. And it's like, I don't like him either. She says she doesn't like men. I don't think I like men anymore. And then David says, we still like you. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> of course. Let her have her feelings. You're getting your ice cream, David. <laughs> shut up. You can have it with any topping you want, even the yeah. crushed Oreo, which is going to make you more hyper and not sleep tonight. But just shut up. He could have punched the psychic. I think he actually asks, no, 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 let's follow through on this. What do you have to say? Because he wants to, at that point, not, he doesn't have to be the boyfriend. He doesn't have to be the significant no. coworker. He doesn't have to be a friend. He doesn't even have to be a coworker. He just has to be a decent person who says, that's out of line. Yeah. But everything is charming and for a joke. And you and I, our default is to make jokes, which is why these podcasts last four and a half hours. But our default is to make a quip. Yeah. But we're learning, I am learning, Yeah, it has taken longer than it should have, to know when to shut the hell up. And this is when he should have shut the hell up. So they, he has, he pulls, he pulls the ledger out of his Literally out pants, of his ass, if you want to say. Special pants. <laughs> his special big boy pants. And finds out that, Brian? Is it Brian? I don't it want to say, Brian. I don't want to say, I don't want to say Justin Hammer. So, so Brian has been, has appointments with the psychic a lot. Like they meet a lot. Preston Holt's name is not on it at all. No. And the, the name that is, is Brian from Brian, SRT. Brian, Brian SRT. Brian Schroot. And so they decide, based on the planner, that there's an appointment coming up at night right. with Brian. And they're going to do surveillance. Yay! So they get to, they get to wear their black clothes. Black knitted cap. Yeah. We're a little bit of the bush that they're going to be hiding behind. That's and, true. They did put the bush in there. <laughs> yeah, they even put them, and then and yeah. then use her opera glasses because if the opening credits haven't given you enough of a hint, Maddie has money. Maddie goes to the opera. Maddie drinks champagne. Everything is what you thought a rich person was when you were eleven. And then they they wait for everybody to go inside. They make sure that Brian shows up. He does with the dad but, in the wheelchair. The dad in the wheelchair. Yeah. And they go inside to have their appointment with the psychic. Now, they have a scene that obviously the two hour, hour, hours, yeah, Maddie and David cannot hear at this point. Yes. Where Brian essentially tells the psychic what to tell the dead under the auspices, under the act that it's from his ex-wife talking to, from his dead wife talking from beyond the grave, giving him information. And it's Brian should be put in charge. There should be an emergency meeting. Don't listen to the daughter of Vivian and all the money into laser funding. Did, did you think that when wheelchair dad, mm -hmm. that's not a good nickname. When the dad it in the wheelchair. The worst dad. Okay. Dad, dad in the wheelchair. C, dad, CEO. He is the CEO. Because wheelchair dad, wheelchair dad, we're, we are winning nothing. I take it back. Uh, take it back. CEO. CEO when, dad. When he was rolling over the laser gun corpse. <laughs> I like how we think, took back wheelchair dad and then we just really ran into wheeling over corpse. Did yeah. you think 
when that was happening that we would ever feel sorry for that guy. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't see this coming that he was just a sad guy who misses his wife and is being manipulated. There's a lot of sad men here. Yeah. Preston Holt is sad in a different Preston Holt's pathetic. Oh. <laughs> Preston Holt, so that's he's not a good. good he's a good listener though. I don't he, think that the listening was in yeah. any way. It looked like he was really listening. I think he was a genuine listener, but he has no he can't get women. He has no game. Again, I it's it's adult millhouse. Yeah. And he uh but the dad is sad. Yeah, it's sad. The dad misses his wife. He's a little at a loss. Apparently the wife was the thinker. Yeah. And he's a little at a loss what to do with his kids and what to do with his business. And he relies on the psychic. So it's the dad who sees the psychic. It's the son who tells the dad what to do with the thing. It's like, you know, my dad passes. What am I going to need you for? So get as much money as you can and listen to me. And psychic turns out psychic may not be real people. Yeah, I know. You know, you, you want to listen. If we've learned anything, the only real way you can ever communicate with the dead is by a Parker Brothers approved Ouija board. Yeah, that's, that's all that's going to happen, people. Yeah. Or you chant the name either three or five times, preferably to a mirror. The, or if you the, press and hope, <laughs> you offer the ghost money to sleep with it. <laughs> that's the only way this thing. Preston. I'm sure Preston Holt has probably tried to purchase the sex from ghosts. Preston Holt is probably so many 18th century fishermen widows <laughs> just by promising the blooms or whatever. We're really into the Preston Holt campaign. I just, all I'm picturing is Preston Holt on one of those leather couches at the psychic's house. And the psychic say, yeah, she's liking it. She's, so she's having a great time. Oh, uh, yeah. She's, she's saying to keep going. Yeah, she's not looking at the hourglass to see how much time is left. She's, uh, she, oh, no, 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 those moans are real. Real moans. Real moans. Anyway, you're going to wrap it up because she's 32 and has already outlived her the average age by three years. I don't know how far back he's going that he wants to ghosts, but, you yeah. So we go back to David and Maddie who are oh, doing yeah. their surveillance. And so they have to get to the roof. And in chapter 97 of David Addison is useless, Maddie realizes that they could just climb to the top but after he throws rope after rope but there is a good joke here first of all they've got the classic grappling hook grappling hook on a big rope that when we later see the sports car they drove in and could never fit in the trunk i don't know maybe he put in those pants those are just magical pants (laughs) i'm just saying the back of those they're like mary poppins bag (laughs) <laughs> like, like it's just like he just keeps pulling <laughs> he can pull a lamp out of his ass it's going to yeah. be wonderful but i like this joke because he throws the hook we do not see the hook the camera stays on them shows yeah. the hook you hear a clank and maddie says in the most flat delivery possible you missed the house i laughed yeah because again it's the joke that plays off of what you assume, just like you played off with Preston Holt. And it's a joke that reminds me in Die Hard. See, people, we earn out that. Remember when he kills someone and he needs shoes? Yeah, they're not. He the tries right. to put yeah, on yeah, the yeah. shoes. It's like this this person has smaller feet than my than my sister. I like that joke when I first saw Die Hard because in movies, whenever they knock someone out, whatever clothes that person happens to be wearing is a perfect fit. Everything's a perfect fit. And I like how Die Hard called it out in the script. No, that's not what happens. Just like I liked earlier, that was a good line. It meant shit, people. So I like this scene. 
Okay. Yeah. David, so far, has not earned his check this week. No, and I, I did, I Bruce didn't mean to, Willis I didn't mean to throw out because it is a good interaction. It is a good joke for the script. But again, it's like David is useless. It's sort of the, and this has been mentioned all the time. So we're not, and we're not even at all yeah. trying to seem like we pulled it. It's the line now that Rays of the Lost Ark, Norse. Raiders of the Lost Ark, you don't need to cut this. I'm recognizing my own accent here. Raiders of the Lost Ark would be the same movie without Indiana Jones. They've they've proven it for almost all five of them. Yeah. That, that none of the, he's not necessary for any of them. Indiana Jones just needs to show up. He looks cool. It is Harrison Ford. I don't get his attire because at the beginning he's in South America wearing so much leather, people, and a hat. <laughs> I, I watch that film now and I sweat to death. It doesn't make any sense. But it looks cool. Yeah. So he's going to try again. And that's when you say Maddie realizes there is a drainage pipe with essentially steps on it. Yeah. So they climb up to the roof. They climb so many walls. They scale so many walls in Moonlighting. Yeah. Remember the pilot? It's like, it's like, it's like Batman, the, the old Batman series. Like they, they just walk sideways up the side. And a guest yeah. star opens the window and they have <laughs> yeah. a little exchange. I always <laughs> loved when that would happen. Uh, so they get up to the roof and for some reason... Maddie has to lower David down to look in the window. Because only men can hear. But but Maddie holds David for longer than 90% of the population could hold somebody by their legs that long. Like she just she she wraps her arms around his calves and lowers them down. And outside he keeps of saying, Omar's office to hear the conversation. Yeah, to hear the conversation that's going on inside. Lowers her lowers him down and holds him. For so long. Too long. Like absurd strength. Impressive strength. And then she does what I would do under the same circumstances, but only a minute and a half earlier, if not even longer, she accidentally lets him go. Yeah. Causing him to plummet three stories in what should have been the first of, frankly, two times when someone should have died of severe spinal cord impact. (laughs) But he's fine. He's fine. And they do it again. And they they do it again, but they reverse. So right. he holds Maddie. At so, this time, inside, Omar is having his visions with the dead. Yeah. So he's he's channeled the wife, telling telling Doing the air quotes people, you know, telling the dad who just happens to be in a wheelchair. Also, say I fixed it. Um, that that the stuff that his wife is supposed to tell him via Brian the son who's that. trying to like fix everything. And they're able to, we assume, because they give this information later, Maddie is able to hear everything because this is the most remarkable, cheapest single pane glass that yeah. possible. I mean, there's it, not a, so, there's not an open window that they're listening through. They are just low enough to look through a glass window, but nothing is open. This ha- this glass has to be so thin; it essentially has to be just random particles of sand held together by dental floss. For this to be called glass, because they can hear everything. Yeah, because basically they should just be hearing like the peanuts teacher. <laughs> but but they hear it perfectly fine. What they information need did you get? Apparently someone owns a trombone. <laughs> so the the dad is having trouble making connections to the wife this time. And then he starts to see her in the window when it's just Maddie hanging upside down. But he's seeing it as his wife. Because he's also been drugged at this point. Yeah, that's true. They drugged him a little just to help him Just to help see. the process. Yeah. yeah. And Get so he sees her in the window looking, and he's asking her to talk to him 
or whatever. And then the psychic turns and sees Maddie, who he knows. Right. Who we've established everyone knows who she is. And he immediately gets a gun and shoots at her. Just, like, just gets a whips pistol, out a gun. Immediately shoots at the window. Because <laughs> America? Because yeah. all psychics are armed? I mean... And this somehow successful psychic also has a butler and full, like... Full staff. Full, full staff, just like the Blue Moon Detective Agency. I yeah, wonder I, I wonder if they also work for the psychic at night. <laughs> That's like, they leave the moonlighting, the, the Blue Moon Detective Agency, and they're like, do you want to work at the psychic tonight? You guys work at psychic tonight? He has, like, five people working for him, like staff. There like was... Butler, chef. It's, he yells, I think everyone, he yells prowlers, which is yeah. such an 80s word. I haven't oh, heard yeah. prowlers in a while. Beautiful. It's just yeah. such a beautiful. It's 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 like if someone used the term. It, it sounds so old fashioned. It's like if someone said, I think they have consumption. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, they've got coal miners lungs. You know, it's <laughs> it's amazing because I think that staff that he has in his house might have been the staff that left Maddie in the pilot episode. There's still maybe an, an Italian oh, yeah, chef. The angry close Italian to shattering chef. everything. He's the one that's shooting. Yeah, he's and it's weird because. Yeah, he's armed. He just, his first reaction, whip out a gun, not go security, whip out a gun because remember how when you'd see the commercials for Psychic Readers Network, how lady, how, you know, Miss Cleo would just whip out a rifle and start shooting yeah, people? Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> and so, yeah, they, you're right. He has security detail. Yeah. He has a staff that's on at night. It's basically upstairs, downstairs. It's Downton Abbey and everyone is packing. <laughs> but if everyone has a gun remember we discussed this in completely different context people if you it's of that time you know granted we're doing this the day after it's uh it's uh the day of the dead today by the way november 1st when we're recording this remember we discussed how wizard of oz there is a scene where the scarecrow is packing scarecrow's yeah, got a gun and they're kind of going it's like the guy who we have the who we have determined who we have said repeatedly has no brain has a gun in his hand. I don't know how much of a metaphor you need for anything, people. And if we've lost you because we did this woke thing, I'm sorry. It's just too perfect of a symbol. But we come back to this. Whips out a gun. Everyone's going. They're shooting. They're on. They're stuck in the roof. And it's not going to be the. It's not going to be Die Hard where the explosion. He's tied himself to the fire hose and goes. Yeah. And then the the two FBI guys blow. If we're blowing Die Hard for you at this point, people, that's not our fault. David says the only means is to jump to the pool that looks a good 10 meter. That's in the back of the house. It yeah. looks a good 10 meters away from the roof. Again, this, I don't, are, is this guy, does he have stocks in SRT? Cause this psychic, I know he's the world, fa I guess he's world famous. That's what Maddie said. Cause he has a beautiful pool, a full staff. He has a house that in the eighties usually meant that's where the drug dealer lived. <laughs> Because there are columns outside, it's all white, full staff, far too many. I'm just going to say, I know by the end of the 80s, there was a recession. And I know at the beginning, things weren't well either. But there was apparently a time where you could not only just land one job, but several jobs. Which is how maybe David was able to be a detective. Yeah, maybe. It's just because there were so many jobs, sometimes only one person showed up like Toby did for our internship. So, so they, in order to jump in the pool... David says they have to take their clothes off because which I don't understand why. But then I was trying to figure out how much of it was he wanted to see Maddie in her underwear right. or 
he wanted to show off everybody his fun t-shirt. <laughs> Medicate me. His t-shirt said Medicate me. Which is it seemed like he needed it seemed like it was like 60 40 it's like 40 wanted to see maddie in her underwear but 60 wanted to show the world this sweet t-shirt that he had that that was clearly cafe press before cafe press yeah i like i like how you split those odds 60 more to the thing because every something i've had a nice t-shirt that i wonder is going to be covered too much by a hoodie and at some point you wrap the hoodie around your waist and yeah. you're just saying i'm gen x because a little, I'm bit, a little bit of a strut in your step a little, it's a yeah, nice t-shirt. i'm just gonna say someone's looking at my japanese darth vader t-shirt and i can't <laughs> cover it from my hoodie this is all true and it's also like you said because the camera could only go so far up maddie's legs at the beginning so we're going to see in our camisole yeah now granted why take off the clothes because that because maybe they'd weigh him down when they got wet. Maybe, I don't know, aerodynamics. Or frankly, because, like you said, 60% sweet t-shirt, 40%. Let's see. Let's. She's a woman. We got to unclothe her. And they jump. They jump into the pool. No. I mean, yeah, they jump. Yeah, and their like body log bounce log. off the pavement, crash through the body <laughs> furniture, and their heads gently roll into the shallow end of the pool. Because that's what should have happened. <laughs> There's no way they should. This should have been the second time. The third episode should have been the end of the series. There's no way. Unless a strong gust, unless a good thermal happened at the same time and just lifted them. Unless, like angels, <laughs> they lit into the pool. But they do make it. They hit the pool. They hit the pool. The The butler or whoever that had the gun uh, was shooting from the roof at them in the pool. And then as they ran back to their car now you I, can't I, see anyone through clear water once you're in a pool you can't you can't they, aim it for anyone in clear water <laughs> everyone is a st- everyone and we'll find out later again everyone has the aim of a stormtrooper in this episode i mean i will say that that the psychic shot was where her head was oh yeah no it he, that, he of killed. all the shots that was the one that that was a good shot it, he 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 could have killed and, and they get in, they get in the Corvette. They have a red Corvette now. They have a red Corvette. They don't put on the safety. They don't put any seatbelts on. No seatbelts. Yeah. I guess. They do make sure that Maddie's doing these shivering hold because she's in a camisole, and it seemed like where's this whole thing was so David could see her wet nipples. We're not going to see that because yeah. not because the TV show decided to be classy, but because it's 80s and it's not happening on HBO. So so they they have the information now somehow through the pane of glass. Right. And they go to Vivian to tell Vivian what the brother's been doing. And uh, she puts them and reinstates them. So the sister mo- does this really like somber, sad monologue about the dad. And there's a lot of real soap opera-y monologues that happen in this show. Like, oh, yeah. So the sister about you how women... the world turns, people. This is your episode. Yeah, for- it does it. The father doesn't see her as anything but a woman. And a woman can't be in the... In right. the like at the head of the company or all that stuff of corporate and, America. And after she finishes this monologue is probably the most inappropriate time to say yabba dabba do <laughs> that I've ever heard in my life. Ever. There is never a really David, a good time, but D- David probably just wasn't unlike Preston Holt. He was not listening to her talk at all. He was just thinking, all right, we got our job back. I can start fleecing that guy with poker. Yabba dabba do. Yabba dabba do. We're back. The most professional thing he could think of at that time. Because again, we don't know. We don't know how he got this job. 
Nope. But again, as we said, the 80s, he might have been the only one that showed up. And that in true David Addison fashion, who I, I mean, this is, is this the fastest I've ever turned on any human being in my entire life? Because <laughs> in the first episode, we talked about how great, oh, we talked about how great Bruce Willis was at being David Addison. Because but, it was an impossible character. But David Addison, I don't like him anymore at all. And no. you might, you might defend him at the end here, but I, I won't. So <laughs> he, he decides to point out that he was being so terrible of a partner and so tough on her so that she could get to this point where they could solve the case. Which is when she should have punched him in every soft spot <laughs> on his body. She should have taken the sword that he's probably also hiding in his ass, <laughs> the one from Pulp Fiction, and just go at him because, dear God. And yeah. by the way, if you think that's the worst thing that's gonna he's going to say in this episode... Oh no, we close on the worst thing he does in this episode. So they they Happy. essentially have solved the case, essentially. But there's one thing that they haven't figured out, and it bothered David. And for the first time, detective. He does something. He does detective work. He actually he, call, he calls Maddie. Maddie's asleep. He calls her from either the Chinese food place or the alley that he hangs out the in. Alleyway, <laughs> whichever yeah. whichever one of the credit places that he hangs out in. He Just, calls uh, her. Or maybe the anvil from our uh, <laughs> oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, remember the yeah, let's not forget the anvil bar. So he calls her to say that uh he realized that we had, they haven't figured out who sabotaged the laser gun. Because they also don't know why. So they run through all so then Vivian calls him around the same time. And yep. she says she was talking to her dad, apparently at three in the morning. Sure. And that uh, the brother came in and it's chaos and they need to show up so they can tell the dad what they overheard. And they're all in. They go there and they're trying to figure out who could be the one. And they run through all the names except the name that essentially we've been shouting out halfway through this episode by this point. Yeah. The one who likes Maddie probably and says, don't look into this any further, essentially yeah. multiple times. Vivian. Vivian. Who, Vivian's packing. <laughs> like, they gave her a full Ripley from Aliens glow up. She's oh, got, yeah. like, the cool, like, mullet 80s fro thing going on, and she's got the laser gun on her body. <laughs> the, the portable laser gun that was yeah. being used at the first one that apparently is now... It's portable in the way the the old Osborne One laptop was, like 25 pounds. Of this. <laughs> yeah. It's just heavyweight that you're going to lug. But... It's amazing because they run through all the names and it's all guy names. No one could think of this. So there's two things. One, we've got the classic Chekhov's laser gun rule. Yeah. If you see a laser gun in the first act, it's got to be used in the third yeah. act, just like an Uncle Vanya on Mars or whatever. <laughs> the other thing is Maddie got this job and she got it through a connection with, with her friend, Vivian. And this is all good work of Maddie. So none of this is taken away from Maddie. But did Vivian hire them because she figured they'd be slapdash and not realize what she was doing? Because yes, she was doing more. Probably. She was doing a lot yeah. of bad stuff because she hired them knowing they were incompetent. Yeah. And she probably saw that the moment David said yebba debba do or zoinks yeah. or whatever Hanna-Barber <laughs> yeah. noise he made at that point. So not the best luck for the agency. Yeah. So, they, so they, she she starts shooting the laser at them. They dodge it and run all over the place. She destroys monologue. that whole... Yeah, she goes through her whole bad guy monologue. She's the one who gave Holt the information, which meant Holt lied to uh, yeah. Maddie. She's the one who sabotaged it. She's 
she she she's the Kennedy assassination. She, yeah, she did everything. She want. says it all out loud, yeah. and then just firing with that firing laser. the laser everywhere, which is just beautiful. Which made us happy. Yeah, so great. I mean, if you're if if someone asked what's your favorite Bond movie and you said Moonraker, this is it. Yeah. Oh, this is off the set of Moonraker. I think. Yeah, this is '80s cheese and '70s lightsaber sounds. It's wonderful. And the brother shows up. Brian shows up. And casually dodges the laser Thank at one you. point. I had the exact same note. Just, it's almost like, eh, eh. <laughs> which way did I it mean, go? Did it go this side or this side? Which side do I have to leave? Which, which one am I shrugging towards? <laughs> yeah. Okay, whatever. I don't know if, like, at some point she got money for Holt by saying he got to second base with her. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. You know, so David, David comes to the rescue, grabs the laser gun and they struggle with it while it shoots up at the sky and then the roof comes pouring down and kills Vivian I'm assuming oh yeah no it it crushes her because it's on fire it crushes her he manages to roll out just in time basically they have blown up a lot of set I mean they they, yeah they they really did they went to a lot of work on this yeah. They they destroyed whatever they they were able to per- purchase from Buck Rogers or or Battlestar yeah. Galactica. What old element? It's like, it's like it all got before they wrote the episode. The writers found the whole set of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Like when like when uh, Kramer found the set of like the Merv Griffin show, <laughs> Merv show, and they were like, let's just we got all this. It's in the it's in the dumpster. Let's let's write an episode around it. They would probably think, can we still find the robotic dog? Can we get that? Because I want to blow up a robotic dog if we can. That'd be fantastic. But they couldn't pull that off. Yeah, and, she's dead. And they, they did it. But here's the thing. <laughs> Another death that's followed by a quip. Yeah. Like the What's first death was. Well, he says, what does he say? Heavy. 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 That's heavy. Which sounds yeah. like Back to the Future before yeah, Back yeah. to the Future. Yeah, he says heavy. Before that, the other dad said that. Here's the thing. If you're going to take one lesson away from this episode is that death is cheap my friends yeah because Multiple somewhere in that very die. room is probably still the charred remains of the <laughs> first tester. they just took a broom and pushed him to a corner <laughs> i told the janitor to come get this <laughs> <laughs> probably corpses of all the dead test monkeys they used at first somewhere in that room just just stockpiled like 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 new yorker magazines that you plan to get to at some point they're just somewhere there yeah and it's but they did it they did it. And then we go to the closer, which is Maddie is hooked up to a lie detector test. They're in the office. David, they both have remarkably large offices for, yeah. no, for no reason. Maddie's hooked up to a lie detector test because it's like the closing thing. They just want like a quick joke. Got to have to end on a cap. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so David, as part of the lie detector, asks her like two stupid questions and then asks her like one more. And the last one he asks her is if she really was lying down with Preston, like the psychic asked her. And then she gets mad, so rips it shaming. off. So much shaming. I guess I'm not going to defend, I'm not going to say that David sucks because here's, here's a thing that I will defend David with. Okay. I think he knows the answer to that question because he was there. He must know the answer because he, he, he knows he, because he stopped the date. I mean, so is he just he knows that the psychic riled her up by asking her that. So he's asking her that to rile her up again, like he's busting balls, like a like a peer, like a peer. And I'll give you that there is like a peer. And I can say and there's the teasing because he's got to know because he was the cock blocker. Yeah, he was. that. I mean, let's just be honest. 
Yeah. The way it was going, there was no cock needing to be blocked by that point. But he yeah, did. Yeah. Uh, we just earned out PG-13. Oh, and, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. We, <laughs> lost, okay. we lost our sponsorship, which was uh, – what was our sponsor this week? But, Psychics. Yeah. Psych- yes. It's the, the Psychic Readers Network. Yeah. It's coming back, people. Yeah. They're bringing back Atari as a 2600-plus. Why not this? We won't but, shoot at you. That's their slogan. The Psychic the Network. We won't shoot at you. We won't shoot at you. I agree with you in that way, but it's still an. Yeah, it's not uh, great. Uh, but no. I think I know they got to end I, on a laugh, and they yeah. always end with her being upset at him. I thought it was odd in the sense that he knows the answer to it. So then I thought yeah. about it more, and I was like, maybe he's just teasing her because he was there when she got mad that the psychic did it. But in that regard. He saw how it upset her. He saw how all the people, how they were treating her, upset her to the point that she says, I don't like men. So, yeah, there is a time friends bust chops. This was not the time. She was clearly upset by all this because she had every reason to be upset by all this. She didn't like when Omar said it. Why is she going to take it? You got to read the room. David's not not listening to the room. He's not even hearing the room tone. I'm going to give it to him on this one. Okay. No, we can. Yeah. We we, we all occasionally agree to disagree, yeah, and that's, that's fine. perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. And and we're not, you know, we've we've disagreed on Star Wars films and various other things. It's yeah. good. We we, okay. we 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 move forward. We're, we, we get through it. Yeah, get through it. Our friendship, million dollars strong, always stays together. All right. So what would you? All right. First, I enjoyed this episode a lot. I did. This was like a fast lot. moving. This was great. This was a lot of fun. It was there really wasn't anything boring. Yeah. So what? prop would you put in planet hollywood ha and i should have thought of this earlier and i don't want it to be the planner that magically disappears <laughs> in the back of the ass because that's the closest i can come up with right now i i am torn between crystal ball i don't know but that was oh, the crystal feature. ball was good too i'm, I'm torn between the laser gun itself oh yeah well that's, that's or a... or the or the dummy that they had to dress up because you know they what? put so I... much work into that dummy i feel I'm like i'm gonna go with dummy yeah because, first of all, we know it's in good condition. Oh, they didn't shoot it with the laser. That dummy, again, is wearing boxers. <laughs> it would be really funny if the dummy, if they went back to that room that she destroyed with the laser and the dummy's still just there, perfectly fine. <laughs> and there are two lab technicians trying to just work the beard perfectly and just try, they're giving it eyebrows. They gave it eyebrows. Yeah. Here's the thing. They wanted you to really feel this weapon work because they wanted you to get as close as watching someone die. Yeah. Oh, we have to end this on a happier note than that. But yeah, I I actually agree. I think it's remarkably well dressed and still remarkably well preserved, unscathed dummy. That's our. You know what? I I forgot. We talked so much about this, but I did forget how the beginning is. Again, what's also nice about this episode, full circle. We get back to where we started. Yeah. We get back. It's it's almost like an Agatha Christie where you bring everyone back to the scene of the crime and you mm-hmm. you occasionally accuse and that's why they were working through all the names before they met her. They were doing they were doing the Poirot, they were doing the Miss Marple. You run down the names and it looks like you're accusing them, but you didn't do it. It's because you just like to see people sweat. You know, when you're old, you you got to get your joys where yeah, you can. Yeah. And they, they ran it through until her. And I did like it. You're right. They went full Ripley. Yeah, it was I mean, funny because earlier David. This probably put Ripley in my head when Maddie was like thinking back on what they did. And she, he said, send it into Ripley. Even he couldn't believe it. Oh, he yeah. says that line. Believe and it. I think that planted Ripley in my head. But she looked Ripley like she was full on Sigourney Weaver Ripley when they went back to her. 
Ripley's Believe It or Not was also on TV by that point. So people would, even though that was a very old newspaper feature, they would remember that because, believe it. Because uh, Palance, Jack Palance, remember he was the host before he. I did he, not know that. Jack Palance was the host. I before, only know him as, as the one arm push up guy. That's yeah. all I really know him as. I know he, he has a I know he has a full career, but that's oh, yeah. I think he was the yeah he was yeah. he was the bad he was the bad guy in every western, but that's a huge just he seemed to be saying it almost with an iron lung kind of thing. Please believe it or not, and that was. <laughs> I think if you didn't want to watch 60 Minutes, you watch Ripley's Believe It or Not. You were getting your news one way or another, people. <laughs> this is how you did it. It's always funny because we said this is the halfway point, three episodes in, of season one. Because season one started in March. I do not know what this show replaced. I think they were thinking of it as we need another detective show because you know, Heart to Heart was wrapping up. It had been around a while. I don't know what this show could have replaced very 80s. I don't know, the ColecoVision Reebok out, you know, Rubik's Cube hour. I have no idea, but I actually did try to look up to see what it replaced, and I couldn't find it. Someone else is going to be able to do that in half a the, second. Should the, be Toby. <laughs> the Cubert murders. <laughs> <laughs> Everything happens in the vacuum of space. I loved Cubert because it just took place. And what essentially was just the scariest thing, because it was the absence of everything yeah. except you and a coiled snake and the very thought of death. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed this show. <laughs> the next episode is called The Next Murder You Hear. Ooh, do we have, do we know of any guest stars that are possible? Uh, I'll check real fast. Thank you. Uh, Toby, you should be on this. Toby. Toby. He'll get it next time. Uh, oh, Greg Henry. Great who kid. you would recognize his face. He was, well, he was on Gilmore Girls, which is why I know him. No, oh, he's Peter of... Peter Quill's dad, uh, the the granddad. Oh, the one in the hospital. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not sure if I would have been able to pull that one off. Yeah. What is the name of the episode again? Yes, this the, is me. The next murder you hear. Episode. The next murder you hear. Just want to see if IMDb can. Uh, yep. I'm hoping that they are picking up the pace from uh, this episode because this was this was nice. Yeah, it was good. I, yeah. I like this one. I'm looking at the other people here, and yeah, you are you. That that is our top person. There. Yeah, he was Logan's dad on Gilmore Girls. For people who love Gilmore Girls, that's another podcast that I've heard is wonderful. Ooh, this is a late night radio, AM radio talk show host. This uh, is, I don't want to know anymore. That's all I'm hearing. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying anything more than that. We have high hopes. We always have high hopes. Thank you very much. I'm glad I didn't yeah. appear to sneeze or cough my way through yeah, this. You seem good. Relatively. Yeah. I, I think this this doing this in mind of me. It, it, yeah. it, once we shut off, this is when I'm just going to cough up because yeah. I know I have the energy and the good vibes from this. I genuinely nosedived after we were done with both of them the last two weeks. That's all the talking I had. Yeah, because yeah. we knew that this was important. Because yeah. we got to get it in. You got it in. So again, please like, please subscribe, yeah. please hold us near and dear to your heart. Hug us. Tell us we're okay. We need this. God, we need this. Uh, listen, watch our TikTok. Look to our Instagram. Stop by and say hi. Sure. Write us a check because we'll say we slept with you. <laughs> <laughs> we, give us money and we'll say we slept with you we i will uh, do i'm not promising you yeah. but i, I said i will do this you this could be is, our preston holt yeah Pre preston holt the hell out of us okay people <laughs> in fact we're going to start next episode by giving you the information you need so you can say 
This is this is like easy A, but it's not turning out well for anyone. We'll save <laughs> it for money. You can you can give us store credit store cards. It's it's good. Easy A is a good movie. Okay, so we're ending on that odd note. And now stay tuned for your local news. Tonight on Eyewitness News is your favorite bagel place an illegal fraud.